0: I like the city, I've been browsing Tread and water that they drowning My head on a swivel, yeah It's only really my surroundings
1: Hello and welcome to episode 174 of the Smash Accept podcast. I'm your host, Michael Roy. You can find me on Twitter I, at, at DynastyDadFF. You guys can tell I'm excited for this one. Just got back from Vegas, you know, where we're looking at things to, you know, we're doing a little bit of gambling, having a little bit of fun. And then you look at, you know, in the Dynasty aspect, John, the the, the least gamble there is, is what we're going to talk about tonight, baby. It's that one-year punt. I keep looking at these and Lovely. I... I I started doing them with guys in the Patreon and man, it's just reinvigorated on
0: how fun that year one punt is. Vegas, baby. That's fun. This is actually a lot of fun. You're going to be entertained like you're at Vegas, but you are placing a sure bet with the one year punt. So I can't wait to break this down. I think you and I have now been doing this for a little while and we've kind of perfected it. We have a pretty rock solid strategy and some of these lineups that we're starting to see for people that are taking our advice are crazy.
1: Well, and I think that's the coolest thing, John, is like right now I'm seeing so many people, you know, like, you know, all the graphics that I have posted with Thanos and all the things that I've done over the years. Now other people are starting to post them and they're mm-hmm. like, yo, this is the this is the lineup that we got through Smash, except like we're in year two, year three of some of these rebuilds, some of these one year punts that we've been teaching. And like guys are showing these rosters off and they're pretty close, if not better than some of the ones that we're doing. And yeah. guys want to be a part of that right now. I'm doing. We, we offer this in the Patreon, you know, mm-hmm. in the, in the VIP services, there's guys where we will do a draft assistance with you. And I, there's two mm-hmm. guys, uh, Andrew and Rich, we're doing them right now. One guy through eight rounds has 11 firsts. The other guy through seven rounds has seven firsts, you know, and I love I think it. We, I was like, all right, we did the blueprint print for the rebuild. Now let's talk mm-hmm. about a blueprint for that year one punt. You know, we've yeah. been doing it now we're starting to perfect it. And mm-hmm. for me, it's like, there's some core assets to it right like number one is we got to acquire those core assets so many guys think year one punt means trade back trade back trade back trade back and that's it and that's not all there is you know like you look at some of these teams and i i've done five of them now in the last two years and the ones that are the best are where i got one or two of those core assets one of those guys where you know you look at at round 1 and you talk about the quarterbacks you talk about Mahomes, Allen Hurts and Burrow those guys are the easiest mm-hmm, way to move mm-hmm. back and accumulate value but then there's you know Herbert, Lawrence, Fields, Lamar and Jefferson Chase you know those are the guys you got to get at least one of those guys you want that building block Cornerstone. John, because yeah. exactly we we talk about that a lot because you don't want to just come out of this with just a ton of picks you know and that's not what we're teaching at all like a lot of guys are like hey I got eight first round picks and I said what's your, what's your core asset? And they're like, well, my best player is Christian Watson. Ooh. You know, like it's going to mm-hmm. take a, a while to build this thing like, as much as we love that 24 class. And I know when you did yours, I mean, it's about getting that core asset ideally at the quarterback position.
0: Yeah. You, you definitely still want to have a couple of centerpieces because if you think about these rookie drafts, right. And you want to be starting to compete in let's say year two, sometimes year three, well, these guys are still developing. They're not going to necessarily be able to compete versus your Jalen Hurts and Josh Allens. Getting a top QB, I think, is a, a fine piece to to build around. That's what most of these punts do. They have like one rock-solid QB, and then maybe one of your rookie picks that you're accumulating, you end up getting your QB2, right? You might even consider vacating the QB2 position, like we've talked about, to shed points. Mm-hmm. But yeah, someone like a Justin Jefferson or a Jamar Chase right now, love building around those guys. Like Ideally, though, Dad... If you can start with a higher pick in the draft and if you're doing derby like we we do in smash leagues mm-hmm. select the highest one you can and then you may want to consider trading down at least once mm-hmm. and still getting that centerpiece i had one point where i traded back twice and somehow i think you remember this one still landed justin jefferson yeah so i'm still late in the first i already have two first 24 23 firsts and justin jefferson it, it's kind of wild how it can sometimes play out like that. So that's kind of what you got to be thinking about. But, yeah, get that centerpiece.
1: Right now we have a cheat code. I have been screaming it from the rooftops. Kyler Murray
0: Kyler. is Kyler, literally
1: yeah. a cheat code for this. Both of these guys, both Rich and Andrew, both got Kyler Murray. The idea mm-hmm. there is I, – and I put that in my tweet. I put it a, 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 in my blueprint out there. I said, you know, you want one of those quarterbacks in the first round, Jefferson Chase, Wilson Lamb, or Kyler Murray. And Kyler Murray gives you the flexibility to move back. I mean, you know, the one guy went and he moved from 105 to 107 to 205 Mm -hmm. to 302 to 304 and got Kyler Murray at the 304, Mm -hmm. collected three firsts on top of it. So he moved from Herbert right to Mm -hmm. Kyler Murray. I mean, John, Kyler Murray will be a round one startup pick in, in six months. At, yeah. at, at, at minimum. You Once know, he's back on guy. the field,
0: he's back and to being a, a QB1 and a top 12 asset.
1: Yeah. He's that guy. And I keep getting blowback. People are like, yo, dad, were you really in Kyler Murray that much? Why wouldn't you? Like, we've been doing it all offseason. Over his career, he's been QB4, QB5. You know, he's been yeah, a top 12 it. quarterback year in, year out. Even if he's not with Arizona, he's going to be somewhere else that could be even better. I mean, Kyler Murray in this situation, is where you can move back multiple times. As long as you get him in that late second, early third, now you're in a spot where you you got a core asset, but you move back. And that's that's the key. Like when you do these year one punts, John, you're trying to say, you know what? And I talk about it a lot with Adam Armour when we talk about, um, you know, like finance with it. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's the, right. the dollar in your hand versus what, what people want right there. You know, they want time versus money. Everybody wants that asset right now, right? So everybody's interested in moving from Justin Fields up to Joe Burrow. And then they're, mm-hmm. you know, they want to move up and, and then you move back from Burrow to Fields. And then everybody's like, oh, I want to move from, you know, Deshaun Watson to Justin Fields. So then you get yourself another first. And then everybody wants to move from, you know, the early third to where Deshaun Watson is. And then eventually you start to look at your assets and you're like, man, this is deep. This is crazy, you know, to a point where, like in Smash 3, I ended up coming out with all 12 firsts plus multiple 24 firsts. It's just a fun process as far as you you kind of get that set up. My question for you is, and this mm-hmm. is where people always ask me, is, again, we're, we're, last year we did it. We knew we were getting Bijan. We talked about it with the rebuild. I mean, how much more special is this by when you move off of Justin Herbert, collect three firsts, and then know that your first is now Caleb Williams Caleb if you're Williams. trusting this process?
0: Yeah, that that really is what I would suggest for all punts that are gonna build around the twenty-four class is leave open your QB two, play the process out similar to what we, we talked about in the rebuild episode. Make sure you lock in that one on one and you're locking in. Really, what will be the most prized rookie pick since Trevor Lawrence? And I know this sounds like a little bit too much hype, but maybe even better than Trevor Lawrence. Like in other words, right. could potentially go in the first round of startup So that one-on-one locking that in, it's definitely going to be more valuable than Bijan was this year, and I love Bijan, so keep that in mind. You know, if you you, you can kind of help yourself in the startup by not necessarily paying up for that QB two. Now, look, you may be in a situation, and you know that's why I think it's important to be looking at each and every draft in and of itself, and getting mm-hmm. inputs from from guys like us and Patreons. But you may just see like I can't pass up the value on this QB right now it'd be stupid for me not to take them. that's fine go Mm -hmm. ahead and make the move but then you're probably going to find a QB needy team that's pissed off that you just got their guy and traded off your team right because uh, what we're trying to do is keep those potential points low and vacating the QB two spot for the eventual Caleb Williams is a beautiful strategy to build around I kind of like Kyler and Caleb Right. Imagine that combo. Beautiful. Now, yeah. can I, I,
1: I'm going to make a slight alteration there because this Mm -hmm. is something that I've been looking into a lot more is we always create the void at the running back position, creating the void at the QB two is actually you're still scoring points off your bench because that is that super flex position.
0: Someone else. Yeah.
1: So I've kind of switched a little bit where like, you know, Rich's team, he took Justin Herbert, got Kyler Murray and he's still going to get Caleb Williams. And in the other situation um, I, I believe he also got, you know, two quarterbacks in that area, actually got Aaron Rodgers really late, which we're gonna talk about, and still mm-hmm. gonna get Caleb Williams. You get into this yeah. area, right? Where if you have Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray, and Kyler Murray's perfect because you're not scoring points too many into that area. Yeah. And then you add Caleb Williams, people are like, Well, what do I do with him then? I mean, dude, you got three, <laughs> three top 12 quarterbacks. That's not yeah. a bad thing. And you know as well as I do, like I don't play, I don't try to keep three of them. Then you get to an area where it's like, okay, now I can flip Kyler Murray for, you know, now I can go ahead and move him for Jameer Gibbs plus plus next year, because that's where the quarterback position is going to be. And I think, you know, you're going to be an embarrassment of riches when you talk about having that many quarterbacks. There's never a thing in Superflex where you have too many quarterbacks. Your point, which I love, is everybody. Now, this worked out, you know, and and I've done five of these now in the Patreon. Mm -hmm. You guys want that? DM me. And, and four of the five, we've been able to say, dude, it's a year one punt. Let's do it. You know, because my biggest thing when I do draft assistance with people is what do you want to do? What do you want out of this? You want to win now mm-hmm. year one. Do you want to do a one year punt? Do you want to consolidate? Everybody's like, Oh, I want to do that year one punt and have 12 firsts like you did. And they're like, okay. All right. It <laughs> might not work, but you're going to get a couple, you know? And I think the tricky part is so many people Zoltan's, you know, talking about it, we're talking about it. So many people are trying to do it. And you get right. into some of these drafts, like in Smash 8, we had three guys trying to do it. And I know in Smash 5, there were multiple guys trying to do it. Right. So let, let's talk about that a little bit, because mm-hmm. you almost have to become the bully there and say, hey, I'm yeah. going to punt harder than you. Or yeah. do you zig when they zag? I think that's the hardest part, right? And I know you came in that uh, same situation. You were collecting. I think you had three at one point. Another guy had three at one point, and That's right in the draft is the best time to do this because I I talk about it a lot where people are like, well, I'll just draft, you know, like you talk about one through four, those guys, everybody knows who they are, but they're like, I'll just draft Justin Herbert at five and then trade him. But once you draft him, it's a different game, right? Like somebody might want Lamar, somebody might want to move up for Jefferson. So I know you were able to look at a position where it was like, okay, I'm going to start trying to push in because I'm going to push harder than this
0: guy into the punt. Yeah, that's, that is exactly what's happened. I've done a couple of punts now, and I've been in situations where as I'm sizing up all the other teams, which is an important um, tactic to take, I could see that someone else was also trying to punt. Uh, you don't have to show your cards right away. Like A lot of people are trading down anyway, and maybe they're picking up rookie picks and not necessarily going to go for an all-out punt. But yeah, I could see that I was competing versus another punt type of team. Well, what I ended up doing going back to my earlier example with justin jefferson is i moved justin jefferson to that other guy for a ton of assets and by doing that i for sure locked in the 101 and probably the 102 which is exactly how it played out in this case mm-hmm. so it became almost like a splash move there in the draft where you went from let's say three firsts to six firsts mm-hmm. by kind of coming over the top and yeah it, it is kind of bullying your way it's the exact opposite of going all in on a contender. You're going to go the all um, out on the other direction. All out. That sounds yeah. funny, right? All, all out. out. All, no, all out, not. baby. <laughs> and, and
1: yeah. I love it because it's like a lot of people are like, well, I have this player, I have that player – once while the draft's still going, it is the wild, wild west, right? Like everything is on the table, so you can't really get yeah. set in saying I have this player, they have this picks. Start talking to your league mates. This is the time, especially in a year one punt. We talk about it with the rebuilds, but John, I mean, when you're yeah. in these year one punts, you become a target, right? You're the guy that says, you know what? They know I'm going to move back every want single them round. to you,
0: yeah, and it, they're the going to come to you. That, and that's this right. Is, you want to be the go-to. Uh, for everyone uh, to, you know, to trade up with you. And you're just like, all right, well, here's the cost this round. And by the way, I would, I would certainly also include 25 rookie picks as well. Right. And we can talk
1: easy, easy, easy,
0: cheaper in many ways. I still kind of like the idea of uh, maybe like, it's like a two year build, two year punt, Mm -hmm. if you want to use that term uh, and, you know, picking up a bunch of the future picks. So you want to be the only game in town, where you accumulate everything, if you think someone else is kind of trying to go into, you almost kind of want to buy them out, trust me, you're still going to come out ahead. And what you're really doing is sizing up the other teams. Like I, While I love the the Thanos thing, having all 12 first-round picks, I may not not even necessarily use them all. Yeah, because, again, maybe four or five of those could be QBs. Well, okay, now you actually – are in a position we're going to have to move some of those back off your roster. I even ran into some of those challenges too, because I had so many. Uh, so what you're trying to do, obviously is size up the teams early on and go for the rookie picks where you think the team is likely going to be in the bottom half of the league, Right. Mm-hmm. You can, you can probably tell who's going to start contending right away. I think you remember this going back to our point. I did not want to trade for your pick. Why? Cause I knew you are probably going to take it down and, and you I did. Knew. And and I had other people have been trying to trade me year first throughout the season. I'm like, not as interested, right? Because I'm staying away from those, let's call it picks 10, 11, 12. They're not as interesting to me. I'm really trying to hone in on who I think those top four, five, six picks are going to be. Those are the guys I'm targeting proactively as well, right? and you could tell who those guys are early i mean that's a, yeah. a, a fantastic point
1: i remember that fondly cuz you're like i don't want your pick you're like <laughs> you were like a first is worth a fifth but yours is worth an eighth and i'm like come on man i got one in here right so and you were right um there there's a big difference between that and the the key is you know we had a guy who he's like hey i'm interested in moving up here so i said to one of the one of the you know patrons that i'm helping i said hey That guy's team right now is in round three. He doesn't have a single quarterback. And he took Jackson Smith and Jigba as like in the the late third. And I'm like, go get his first, right? Yeah, exactly. There's your priority. He doesn't doesn't know what's up yet. So go get his first. So he Mm -hmm. wanted to move into the fifth round. So I said, all right, well, sell him your fifth, get his 10th and his 24th first. And he's like, well, you know, there's some nice assets here. And yes, and that's the key with this. Like once you commit to the punt, there's some nice assets there, but what you're doing Is paying, you know, paying it backwards instead of paying it forward. You're like moving yourself back now. That 24 first will likely be worth more. Right now, the 24 firsts are going for late fifth to mid sixth. That seems to be the range. But we talk about that right now. How many guys are going in the top, you know, four rounds of a startup right now? And next year's class we're talking about is going to be almost the same. Quite a number right now. There are six. In the first four rounds, the fifth round, there's two. You know, I mean, we start to really add in some some assets here. Where and next year, we're going to be in that same area. So if you get five firsts, likely two of those guys are going to be guys that are you know worth somewhere in that round one to round five, and they're only going to build up. My biggest thing is, we're not trading picks straight up for, for players in the draft straight up for picks. I believe firmly in insulating Mm -hmm. these trades. And last year, if you look at, you know, I have a a tweet that's going to be coming out. You know, I got Devonta Smith, you know, last year Mm -hmm. where I traded, I got him in the fifth round in like February, fifth or sixth round. And I moved back from the third, got a 23 first and added that on there. That 23 first became Jackson Smith and Jigba and Devonta Smith. And the guy that he ended up taking was Devonta Adams. That is Massive, like you don't understand what those kind of things. Another one I moved from the fourth to the seventh and got Amon Ra St. Brown a 24 first that ended up being Quentin Johnston, and then he ended up getting Debo Samuel. Like you these these trades don't make sense now, but in February, you were we were crushing those things. Now's a similar type area, and that's where I keep talking about people. Is we want to move ourselves into those core rounds, right? Like round one. Who can Mm -hmm. increase in value in round one? The answer is no one. Like maybe Justin Fields moves up a spot or two. Maybe Lamar Jackson moves up a a spot or two. For me, I'm really honing in, particularly into rounds four through seven. But I put a thing out there, the best guys that I think, you know, uh, I give them a shout out every single week, but BulletproofFF.com, they got that ADP out there. And I'm looking like the best assets we have per round. You know, for me, round two, Garrett Wilson, you know, you could, you could throw in there Waddle and guys like that. But mm-hmm. I think people that are going to increase in value in the second round, does, they don't move a lot. I think it's Garrett Wilson. I think it's Deshaun Watson, possibly Anthony Richardson, Amon Ross St. Brown, you know, Chris Alave maybe a little bit. But these guys are almost priced at where they should be. It's round three. We get to Kyler Murray and Brees Hall. Right now, John, Brees Hall has just become an absolute – screaming by huge
0: value right like
1: he he was going at 208 now i'm seeing him fall to 305 to 308 and john this is my rb2 in dynasty everybody's saying hey did that change with dalvin cook there no like this just created a buying window where he doesn't have to be on the field right away we're not going to have a situation like jk dobbins where now they're going to ease him back in and oh by the way john he's off the pup list the day after they signed dalvin cook so I think we have a situation where Brees Hall, just like Kyler Murray's my biggest quarterback buy. Brees Hall is my biggest running back buy because now he is a lot of people have him as their RB six in dynasty. Yeah. They have him behind, you know, Jameer Gibbs, they have him in that area behind Christian McCaffrey. And this guy is absolutely special.
0: Yeah. I wanted to talk about Brees lightning a little bit too. I think other than Kyler, he is one of the best punt targets again, because he uh, number one is already an incredible value. He's going to, accumulate value from here right but but also it looks like with dalvin cook there he's not going to necessarily get the big workload especially early in the season mm-hmm. so you're getting an asset that's going to accumulate a ton of value let's say that you get to a point though when you you actually were originally playing to vacate running back for your point and you have Brees on your roster and he starts balling out and dropping points well he's accumulated all this value maybe you move him at that point that's fine yeah. but you're capitalizing on that move and, well, and yeah.
1: Value is value, right? It's like, right. so Values we're value. taking, people are asking me the same thing, John. I love you. Said mm-hmm. They said that mm-hmm. because people are like, well, what? you said no running backs. I, I didn't say no running backs. I say, ultimately we want to void at the running back. But if Travis ETN falls to the late fifth, then you take him and then you flip him. And I think be smart about it. Yeah. We talk about this a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you move into a rebuild mode similarly, right? Like you've done it in, in smash five and I've done it in three and, and a couple other ones there where it's like once the season starts, it's a different variation of a rebuild, right? Like the best thing to do last year as I traded, I traded Amon Ross St. Brown for Brees Hall Plus, you know, because Brees Hall Mm -hmm. is injured. He's going to get you zero points. I think there was a situation. I think I traded – I'm not sure the exact name, but it might have been like DJ Moore for Cooper Cup last year because people are going to want to win. You trade for those assets that are injured like immediately. That's where – you pounce on it.
0: Yeah. You're really active, right? And you know, you're you could still vacate the position by having running backs that are putting up goose eggs every week because they're hurt. Or who knows? Maybe we got somebody that's holding out. Uh, whatever, you know, you're not putting points on. So you're still able to shed all these points. You may move them later in the year, but again, you've accumulated value. So you're just making smart moves throughout, capitalizing on value capitalizing on tradable assets, Mm -hmm. right? I did that a ton where I'm like, well, this guy's not going to be on my year two roster. I have no doubt. I'm just going to actively work it, you know, and try to sell high on any given asset. Again, you're trying to make a profit, right? So any of those scenarios could mean you're picking up another pick, you're insulating a trade. So don't be afraid to just capitalize on the value, even if it doesn't fit your... Team strategy exactly to a T, or who cares about your roster construction either, right? You don't even care really year one too much, and so you know grab the value and then trade it later for a profit, maybe a pick.
1: Yeah, I, we talk about it. So we've we've said we're trying to acquire that core asset or acquire that core asset. We're trying to liquidate assets by tearing down in our insulated trades. So we're right and so where do you want to move? And that's what everybody keeps asking, right? So it's like. Your third round's nice because I do think a lot of guys could increase in value. You know, I think Kyle Pitts, T. Higgins, Tua, Devonta, those guys can can increase in value for sure. Jameer Gibbs, I see a lot of those guys have potential to move up, but still pretty pricey. For me, it's rounds four through seven, John, where you are really money rounds, yeah. where you're making your money. You're you're on there and you're like, okay, this is what I have to do. And what I've been trying to do, and you guys heard it before, where we talked about those consolidation draft strategies. Yeah. I've mm-hmm. combined the two, and now, John, it's like it's like perfect storm kind of thing, you know, without mm-hmm. Mark Wahlberg and that horrible beard he had in that movie. You know, we're, <laughs> we're into this area where now, you, you know, you start to move back, you start to add up, and then you get to a situation like I had with Andrew where it was like, he's like, dude, I want Jerry Judy, you know, and I was like, well, Jerry Judy goes in that fifth round, and that fifth round is a hotbed, right? If you want yeah. to do a one-year punt, this is where you want to live in rounds five and six, you know, and get yourself there because we have Christian Watson at, at you know, 503 Quentin Johnston at 507 Jordan Addison 50 or 506 Judy at 507 DJ Moore, Michael Pittman, uh, Traylon Burks, George Pickens, Brandon Ayuk, you know, and Jameson Williams, Zay Flowers, these guys in that area who are, Likely going to increase in value and move into that area. So he said, you know, after we did his draft, we're at, he got Kyler Murray in the third, and that was the only pick. And he's like, Dad, I don't don't know about this thing, man. It doesn't doesn't feel right, right? Like, I got one player, but I was like, You have one player, but you have five firsts through three rounds. Like, you are, that's, that's six players if you look at it that way. So he goes, Well, I really want Jerry Judy. I said, All right, then let's throw one of these extra picks that we added in here from the sixth round in the late area add a 12th to it, move up to that, you know, 501 area. And then he ended up getting Jerry Judy. And then if you look at his draft, I mean, he got Jerry Judy, 412, Christian Watson, 503. He ended up getting Jamison Williams, Zay Flowers, Marquise Brown, Deontay Johnson, and oh, by the way, now 11 firsts. So it's like now he has 20 core assets in the first 10 rounds. We talked about in the consolidation, we want to have 13 players inside that top 10 Mm -hmm. rounds. John, I'm now converting it a little bit for the rebuild. You know, I want to have 15 assets in those first 10 rounds.
0: Yeah, that's really the, the consolidation strategy to a T. And what you're, you're obviously doing is you're trading back where you can, accumulating picks in those rounds. Again, you might come to a situation where you actually make the pick because the value you can't pass it up. But in general, mm-hmm. you're trying to cluster picks there. And it really does take some patience, especially for, when now contender types like me, like you were pick after pick, you're just like grinding it out because typically those are the guys you're trying to grab or trade up for. And you're like, I've, I've got one guy in my roster. Everyone else now has five guys. Next thing you know, though, you've got 15 and everyone else is kind of looking at your roster like, wait, what happened? <laughs> what, what's going on over here? Like I only have eight guys. He's got
1: 15. That's exactly what happened. I know when you did the draft, you called me multiple times, You're like, "Dad, I don't like this. Like, I don't talk like. This. It, this it doesn't feel comfortable." And he said that. And now, you know, now that he's in round eight and he has seven wide receivers and a QB one and 11 first, people are like, "Yo, this is like wizardry. Like, what just happened? How it's did you do this? Like, genius." And you just sit back and you let it happen. And Rich's draft is similar in the same way. Like, he's literally loading up on these picks. He's got seven of them. He's got a better set of core assets overall, you know, where he's got, you know, he ends up getting both Justin Herbert and Kyler Murray and all these wide receivers and he's been loading up. And John, what we look at is, you know, we want to get out of those, we want to mitigate risk as much as possible and we want to get as much draft capital as possible because insulated trades add the, you know, add the draft capital. We get into those areas that we want. And I think when people say it's a year one punt, they think it's blind right? They just think it's trade back, trade back, trade back. It's trading back with strategy. Like I don't want to trade out of round three, like where that I can get Jameer Gibbs, Kyle Pitts, T Higgins and trade into round eight where my choices are Derek Carr, Deontay Johnson and Christian Kirk. Look at your ADP. Don't just blindly make a trade because I mean, if you say you move from Kyle Pitts to Calvin Ridley and you got a first, great. If that turns, if that isn't 105 or better, you lost. You know what I mean? Like that you gotta work into those areas where you want. And for me, it's at round five to early six, where you can get Iuk, you can get Watson, Addison, Quentin Johnson. And I have a, a several. Check my Twitter account. I have a whole list of these guys that these are these wide receivers you got to buy before they blow up. Last year it was Devonta right. Smith, it was Amon Ra St. Brown, it was Drake London, it was yeah. you know J JSN and before Wilson. it happened. Yeah, yeah. Gary yeah. Wilson. I mean, there's so many guys there that just blew up. And what I've been trying to say is, you know, we're trying to move ourselves into rookie and sophomore wide receivers. We're trying to move ourselves into running backs with new situations and quarterbacks. And I'm going to pull up a bunch of these wide receivers, you know, that that we're, yeah. we're talking about in this situation. But what I want you to talk about is, you know, y- you are a strategist on the other side most of the time. You're mm-hmm. like, okay, you know, when, when you're in the draft, you see that guy doing the year one punt. You can tell he's doing it. You can tell show- How do you as a win now team, how do you approach that guy? And how do you ultimately, we're playing chess, not checkers. How do you beat that guy in this
0: situation? Right, right. So I think that when you identify someone like that, it's better to try and make a move early on because what you're trying to conceal is that, you know, you might be going all in and contending year one. Well, you don't necessarily want them to know that yet, right? Because then Mm -hmm. they're going to devalue your pick. But usually I'm I'm trying to offer – my 24 first, sometimes I might even be packaging my 24 first and second. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, getting a series kind of like splashy type trade up type move where you trade in, up in front of somebody, maybe you're trading into the first round of the startup, or you could potentially move up multiple times. And well, and you as a winning yeah. now
1: team, if you're given your first and you know, you're going to win, because John, when you do it, yeah. you know, you're going to win. So you trade That's for right. the you trade for the 604 and take J.K. Dobbins or George Kittle or, you know, Jared Goff or a guy like that. And that guy's like, oh, cool. I got a first. I moved into that area. But that first is late. And that's not the same. Like, there's such a huge difference between, like you said before, buying that guy who's going to be the 103 versus buying that guy who we know is going to be 110, 111, 112.
0: Right. So you're trying to keep your your cards pretty you know close there so you can make that move before they realize, like if you've already drafted like Travis Kelsey and you've got, you know, these aging assets, you got Devonte Adams on your team, like this guy's gonna look at you and like, uh, I'm not as interested now in your 24 first. So there is some strategy to that. So I usually am pretty aggressive and I make those kind of moves early on once I identify, or sometimes I'll even float the idea to a team. Um, if I see a trade back or two, like, hey, uh, what, what about just me sending you this asset your way? I'm kind of trying to figure out what my strategy looks like, but I want to make this move right now, like the guy on the board right here. Uh, just get, keep those conversations going early on and try to make an early aggressive move. See what you can do to capitalize on it, and that, that's usually the, the way I, I like to go about it. Yeah,
1: and, and you could even give those guys. You know, the the going rate for a first is a 24 first for a six. You can give them a. 25 first and kind of get it in there. Cause sometimes people really just start yeah. selling assets or trying to just move out of there. And, you know, I've been for with sure. guys that have accumulated nine 24 first, but like the rest of the core assets, you're like, well, this is going to take a while, you know? And so yeah, we're right in that area. So move into those areas for me last year. Like I did mm-hmm. two of these and I got these guys in almost every single one round four through seven. It was Smith, I'm on Ross St. Brown. Garrett Wilson was going in the sixth round or fifth round. Chris Olave yeah, yeah. was going in the sixth round. Tony Pollard was going in the eighth. Ramondre Stevenson was going in the 10th. And it's like, we talk about it a lot at smash except trying to, you know, establish who those guys are going to be. And that's huge. You know, you yeah. want to get into those areas because you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to increase in value. You know, Quentin Johnson is going to increase in value. You know, Jordan Addison is going to be there. The, the yeah. part that I'm getting a lot of people are like, oh, I really had to have that guy." That is not an aspect that you can go into a year one punt feeling like, right? Like you don't right. want to, you right. don't want to trade back, you know, because you sit there, you, oh, you move back, you accumulate three first, now all of a sudden you're like, "Ooh, ooh, I want to go up and buy."
0: That's right, Kyle, Kyle Pitts.
1: You you can't now, right? Like yeah. you can't go the other way and just start buying up. You can move a little bit, you can consolidate, but once you start trying to move up. Like that's where you start you to commit to it.
0: Path. Even in season, I'll throw that out there too. Like you will get some trades that are very, very tempting. Right. But mm-hmm. the problem is if you're just going to dump a bunch of new points on your roster, you're hurting yourself and your own pick. Right. So mm-hmm. you really have to kind of resist those trades throughout the, the full season of the, the first year point. But I, you know, I'll come back to what you can do is what I, what I like to do is not necessarily in this case, if I'm, Contending, I may, I may hold on. I may trade my 24 first to move up and then sit on my 25 first so I can use that in season. I'm using my 25 picks in season and I'm trading them to to other teams for another key piece that I needed. Maybe I I lost a a player somewhere. So if you flip it now during the the season, rather than trade for guys that are going to be putting points on your board, you're really trying to send as many other players as you can to get more 24, 25 picks. Right. So you're playing at the opposite, the whole mm-hmm. all out strategy, if you will. And I like those that are all
1: out. Oh, yeah. He's, I'm all out. The other one I get asked about, you know, and, and they're like, Dad, you always talk about insulating with first. You can insulate with seconds too. It's still a thing. Like, yeah. Now, but once you move past round six, then we talk about moving back for, for seconds. And even if you just look at this year, last year's second round, I mean, you would look at, George Pickens, uh, Desmond Ritter, John Mechie, Jahan Dotson, Trey McBride, Damian Pierce, Rashad White. You know, um, we have Alec Pierce. We have Brian Robinson. Who else is in that area? You know, like Dolchich was going in the third, Sam Howe. Like, and this year's class was loaded in the seconds, and the 24 class is loaded in the second round. So, like, don't just look at those. You have to look at what's on the board. So a guy just said, hey – I'm up and Michael Thomas is the best player available. Would you sell that straight up for a 24 second? said, not quite yet, but next round I would. Because if he's the best guy, I think Michael Thomas is close. You know, I think Mm -hmm. Trey McBride was in that area. You got to look at so much on there of like, this is what's happening right now. This is where we're at. Would you trade this player for a 24 second? Like It just becomes common dynasty, but everybody just starts looking at numbers, right? And that's what we're here for to help with in the Patreon where it's like, is this pick worth it? Is this value worth moving around here? And you know, these, these 23 picks were great. The 24 picks, John and I are getting excited about them already because we got so excited for 23 picks. We bought them all. I'm back in on 24s right now. Like who's a guy that you, we didn't cover a ton, but you're like, this guy's going to get first round buzz and I'm just going to be all over him.
0: Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll start with some of the running backs because I think that's key. I think a lot of you guys that are looking at punts will likely want to vacate that running back position. You're just reducing your risk anyway, right? I mean, the most likely position to get injured, even if you're getting some young guys, is at running back. But there's some guys that I, I really do expect maybe could creep into the late first, but certainly like day two picks next year. Uh Trevion Henderson. Out of Ohio State, I really like a lot. He's a guy I think you could build your running back position around as a future RB1. Raheem Sanders out of Arkansas, I have is right kind of like 1B. But there's some guys that no one's really talking about right now outside of like Debbie circles or like the Smash guys. Trey Benson from Florida State is one of those guys. Braylon Allen out of Wisconsin. And there's some guys, there's two guys at Michigan right now. Everybody kind of knows. Uh, the guy, Blake Corum, because he was getting a lot of buzz last year in the stats, but there might be a running back at Michigan even better. Uh, Donovan Edwards, keep, keep an, uh, an eye out for that. There's Will Shipley out of Clemson as well, and there's probably going to be some guys that burst out in the scene. So If I can already rattle off you know, six, seven guys that I really like from early film and some of the, the stats and analytics I've looked at, you're putting yourself in a good position to get some of those guys in next year's rookie first, and like you just said some of these guys are going to slip to the second round next Mm -hmm. year. So these are assets that will accrue in value throughout the the next year. And you could build your running back core around next year. And I I do want to come back to another thing though, because I think this is a money, money strategy. Be smart on the players you invest in. If you just are maniacal about only drafting young players, you could miss it. Right? So you mentioned Michael Thomas a minute ago. Mm -hmm. I know, I've thrown this one out there on the pod before, but going back to my punt, I'm staring at Michael Thomas. I have actually clustered a couple of picks, and I think I'm in the ninth or even the 10th round. And I actually went bang, bang, Michael Thomas, Calvin Ridley. And everyone's like, whoa, what's he doing with Michael Thomas? It makes no sense at all. I thought he was basically clearly punting. He's got all the picks. Why take an aging veteran? Well, he was hurt at the time. I had a feeling he was going to come back. He might put up some points. And he did. You remember this? Like two, three mm-hmm. week period. I sold Michael Thomas for a 24 first. And in just a couple of weeks ago, I sold Calvin Radley for a 24 first. So now we're talking about two ninth, 10th round startup picks that I got first round rookie picks for. Right. So that was, that's that it. was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. That's what you want to do. So those are the kinds of players you want to target. I mean, again, I loved Calvin Ridley. Everyone's passing on him at the time because he was suspended So you got to find those guys that are either injured or suspended that nobody wants. You're gonna just watch them fall in that startup and then bam, just snap them up, trade them for a profit.
1: Yeah, and that round eight through fifteen is tough. I mean, for me, it's like you you want to get as many guys in rounds five, six, and seven in that wide receiver core. But there's there's diamonds in there, you know. Like I put guys, my favorite guys for a punt in year in rounds eight through fifteen. Round eight, it's Brock Purdy. Like, let's stop. We know he's the quarterback. And He's yeah. so cheap right now. I mean, what he did over okay. the back end was fantastic. Round nine, you got some of my favorites. Kendra Miller, who's gonna get an opportunity, Devin A chain, who's literally the biggest winner of the other day, you know, of the of the free agent signing. Because Zeke goes to New England now and, and Dalvin goes to the Jets. And now all we got to get past is Kareem Hunt, who sounds like Minnesota, and Leonard Fournette. And then, oh, we got a guy who could be, you know, an absolute steal in your rookie draft. Sam Laporta goes in round 10. Another guy that's got tremendous Love uptight. It. Dolchich was going round 12. John, I'm seeing because Adam Troutman started in the preseason, yeah. that he Dolchich is going round, round 12. 12. 13. Khalil Herbert in the 12th. Sky Moore in the 13th. McBride in the 14th. Nico in the 15th. But, John, once we get to the 16th, and I keep yelling this from the rooftops, it's it's running backs. Stop go, stop investing yeah. in wide receiver fives of a team. You've, you you know, should like, have already
0: had them by now, right?
1: Yeah. So like sixteen through through rounds twenty or through rounds twenty, Jalen Warren, Jerome Ford, Kenneth Gainwell, who I've been saying I think is going to be the Eagles' top running back when it's all mm-hmm. said and done. Still yeah. Kareem Hunt, Looks Isaiah like Spiller, it. Malik Davis. Like invest in running backs, and everybody's like, "Well, Dad, that makes no sense. That's not what you said." And I said, "Okay, so let's let's look at this scenario, right? So you invest." a round 20th pick in Isaiah Spiller, but Austin Eckler goes down and Spiller becomes the starter or a, a round you know, 18th pick in Kenneth Gainwell and now all of a sudden Swift and Penny are down and you got a RB2, then you flip him, then you flip him. You, you say, I paid something in that 16 through 20 round that's worth a third. Now I'm going to flip him for a second and I'm going to win and then I'm going to get a little bit of pieces on top of that. It's a matter of like, once we start the whole process, once you start the rebuild and the punt, then you got to be active. You got to understand, you got to look That's at your right. points possible. And you and I talk about that all the time. I think that was one of the biggest struggles when you started your year one punt is like, it becomes fun. Right. But you're like, how do I think in a process of I got to get this all out again?
0: Yeah, I'm all out. And the, the thing I will say about this late round running back strategy that I, I love about, it. I'll take it one step further. So obviously if you can get a guy that becomes the starter and you got them for cheap, you're trading them, boom. Be active, give them to Mm -hmm. the guy that just lost his running back, take the profit. But the other thing I'll say is, if they're sitting there on your roster and they're still the backup, they're not doing anything to your potential points. You don't have to worry about it too much. And one step further, look at contracts. Look at running back contracts. Look who's in their final year of the contract. Very few running backs are getting re-signed these days. Mm -hmm. So if you're the RB2 on any NFL team, Again, you're looking at a year ahead, maybe even two years ahead. You want to stash some of these guys that could become the starter next year when you're through your punt. So actually study those contracts. I like some of the guys that you rattled off would be good targets in that range. So that's another thing to to kind of consider there. And and, and again, I mean, between stashing some of these guys that could be the guy a year from now and you're looking at all these rookie picks where you can get your – Trivion Henderson, Raheem Sanders on your roster, you're gonna be fine at running back. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That's you, you what can, everybody's worry is. They're like, what, they're like John, Bijan and Gibbs aren't in next year's class, but there's still guys there. And they said, well, oh, by the way, you know, you just loaded your your team with eight wide receivers who are going to be at least six of them are gonna hit because we've calculated it out. We know who those guys are. How many guys are worth over a 24 first right now? Like it's in that sixth round you know, you start looking at these running backs and there are probably 15 running backs who are worth more than a singular first. You know, you get to Cam Akers in the eighth. Yeah, I'd rather have a first, you know, you get to to DeAndre Swift in the seventh. Yeah, I'd rather have a first, you know, like it's all the way up in that sixth. I think it's like JK Dobbins, Damian Pierce, Miles Sanders, Derrick Henry area where you're debating it. So it's only like 15 to 18 running backs. You can't buy with a singular first, even if it's late projected. So like you get seven firsts and you have these wide receivers. Now you're in a spot where it's like, I can do whatever I want. These are capital. Don't just look at it as a, oh, well, running backs don't always hit. Rookie picks don't always hit. You know what always hits, John? Draft capital. It always goes up. It always hits if it's you a use sure it right. bet.
0: It's a sure bet. Yeah. I will actually throw a little bonus here, too, like coming back to tight ends for a minute. I do absolutely love your suggestion to go get Sam Laporte in the 10th. If you could somehow get Dalton Kincaid in the yes. eighth, maybe you we take got him, him in, in both the seventh. Yes. Oh, that's so He's beautiful. So uh, and I got yeah, him in all mine too. I love it. Well, and it and you know, if so these guys in tight end premium are going to be gold mines eventually, right? But the, mm-hmm. the nice thing is a lot of times tight ends do take a little while to develop. So they're year one. I mean, these guys are actually going to probably drop some, but a lot of these young tight ends aren't going to hurt you on potential points in a punt very much. But the the real kicker for me is uh, don't don't worry about veteran tight ends too much because the guy coming next year, Brock Bowers, will absolutely be the best tight end rookie prospect since Kyle Pitts. And I know it's going to sound like hype, but I'm already starting to see the hype building that he can end up being a better prospect than Kyle Pitts. So think about that too. Like you could have your future tight end one with a top five rookie pick next year. Brock Bowers, remember the name.
1: I love it. You know, When you when we talk rebuild, when we talk punts, you almost have to turn your volume down when I'm talking because I get excited. <laughs> I know you get excited. So this has just been fun. John, the regular season's right around the corner. Mung and and Snoog and I are going to literally, we're going to do a draft right after this. So it's like, love it. man, I'm just so excited. We're right around the corner. I, this, is, this is that time of year that we live for. Love chopping it up with you. Any closing parting shots
0: here? No, I, I'm really pumped as well. I, know, I think a lot of our pods are going to start shifting more towards in-season and redraft, but there's there's a, a lot that we could chop up on the Patreon or on Twitter around punts. Definitely reach out. I love mm-hmm. sharing strategies and kind of what we've learned along the way. That's what we're here to do is help build the community and just have a lot of fun with it. I Trust me when I say if you've never done one, jump in and try a point. Uh, for me, what it meant was I was really focused on all the incoming rookies. Now mm-hmm. I study rookie film. I track throughout the college football season. I'm going to be doing it again for Smash. You can trust uh, my process. I, of course, humbly speaking, I don't have it all figured out. I'm learning from a lot of the folks that, that come on our pod that do this like professionally. Mm-hmm. and I'm always trying to take in all these inputs and give you like the best set of rankings and kind of give you the updates that you should know about with respect to college football and incoming rookies. So I'm going to do that all year for the 2024 class. And I can't wait to do that as well. So it's, it's excited as I am for NFL. I also cannot wait for college football season as well. Ready? It's not set, that far away. Smash. I love Let's it. Go. Guys,
1: we're, we're doing that in the Patreon draft assistance. You know, right now we're offering 10% off. If you guys do the yearly, it's gonna blow up. You know, obviously they're gonna do things like start, sits, and everything for your redraft needs to. So, you know, check that out, guys. that's uh, you know, at patreon.com backslash smash accept. Thanks again for tuning in and enjoy the process. Boom!